The Cost Camps Coaches Show, Episode 22. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest is Coach Andrew Irby. He's the head football coach at Steel High. Coach Irby has been the head football coach there since 2014. He was an assistant at Steel High uh, since 2008. He's a 2004 graduate of Delaware Valley, then college. Now it's Delaware Valley University. He spent, and Coach, I might ask you about this later on, but um, Coach spent five years at the Glenn Mills School. Then he went, um, transitioned, he, he took a job in the, Coach, is that the York, is that in the York School District? Um, York Developmental Center uh, for juveniles. Okay, and then you took a job in the Harrisburg School District, and that's where you started coaching at, in uh, Steelton. Coach Irby, welcome to the show. Absolutely, uh, uh, thank you for the opportunity to come on tonight's show and uh, speak and tell you a little bit about myself and our program. Coach is going to kind of go in, and I, I think most most people listening to this would would um, would know, um, you know, what Steelton is and. and what steel high is like and the, and the size and um, the success they've had over the years. And coach is going to talk about, you know, being at a small school, being in a community like Steelton and, and being able to achieve success at that place. So coach, if you want to roll with that, go for it, man. Absolutely. Um, I think the, the, the biggest thing is that our biggest selling point in our school district and selling with our student athletes and especially our football program is being able to sell, our rich football tradition. Um, we have a we have a rich history, um, some really good football players, and and I think that kind of sells itself. Um, just moving forward with with all the transition and then you know the culture and social media and, and moving forward, I think our big biggest thing is recruiting our athletes. We kind of look at it as um our athletes as being walk-ons, so we have to sell our program and um, engage our student athletes to be a part of something special. And I, and I think the, one of the biggest things that we implemented as a program was being able to have our leadership meetings uh, with our student athletes and our football team daily to just go over what our, what our mission, our vision, um, our core values, how to handle adversity. So I think the biggest component about working with a small school is being able to meet and see your athletes to sell your program on a daily basis on um, with having small numbers. I think it's important that you express across the board that every student matters and um, having a really good staff of individuals to help support that uh, over the years. I've had a really strong group of coaches um, who are mentors on and off the field. And I think that's really been the difference as far as us being able to sustain winning success over the years, a really good coaching and guys that are, mentors to our student athletes when you coach at a, a small school you got to get it's almost like you have to get every male to play football in other words you you know i don't know what if you have competition from other sports in the fall i don't know if there are other uh fall sports that that steal high but even like like i know the basketball program has success there so like you kind of got to compete I would think for, for basketball athletes too, and kind of be on the same page with the basketball program and share athletes, so to speak. You Absolutely. Get, you get cooperation yeah. from other coaches with that. 
Absolutely. Um, I think with, with us, our tradition and me having experience with playing both sports, we really have to share our athletes. So we highly recommend that our athletes play multiple sports. Um, but it comes down to it when you're scheduling, you're planning for your summer. You, if you have summer league basketball, you want kids to play baseball and track. It's kind of like you need to be able to work in unison and work as a whole because it doesn't work because everybody needs everybody. We share our athletes. So I think it's important to um, make sure that we're pushing our athletes to other sports and supporting their other programs. And it makes them well-rounded, um, especially with today's recruiting. Um, you want your kids exposed to other sports, other coaches. And I think it's really good. And I don't think we get as much credit. We're, we're not as we're not as strong traditionally in baseball and other sports, but it does teach you a lot about um, adversity, uh, going through some things, fighting through some things, uh, playing against some competition where we're not always to have the elite athletes. But I think it makes our athletes well-rounded and they get opportunity to be exposed to some other uh, different movements from baseball to track that, that's going to actually make, make them help uh, and give them some longevity when it comes to the recruiting piece. How What's the, the building, the Steel High building? Is that is that a 7 through 12 building? How, like what, yes. What, go ahead. It's 7, seven through 12th grade. Um, split up. There's 7 to 8th grade is in one hall, and your upperclassmen are in, in the other hallway. So it's one of those schools where you um you could cross paths with the older kids, what makes it special. I mean, really, we always said when we were in sixth, we were going to the high school in seventh. So it's a building through seventh through twelfth, um, where you know everybody's familiar with with each other, but it does give you a chance to uh, interact, especially on a coach's perspective, to get interact with some of your younger athletes in the same building and, and get to you know do some things together like weight room, expose them to expose them to some things for the for the higher level athletes. So if you're a 7th or 8th grade student and you want to play football, is there is it are most of those students if they want to play football are they playing for the middle school are they playing for like a midget program? How does that work? Well, we do have a 7th and 8th grade program. We have a 7th and 8th program and it's really been our foundation it helped us be successful and we do have midgets. So what we kind of do is we kind of try to work together so that there's at least enough to play midgets and junior high. But over the last couple of years, we had a really strong group of at least 20 to 25 junior high kids, which is a big number for us just playing seven and eight grade. So we do have seven and eight grade football is still high. And then like in terms of that program, you said, so some of those students could play for midgets still. Is there any kind of like competition between those two programs, the middle school team, the seventh and eighth grade team and the midget program? Uh, there is a little, but there, we have those kids, um, especially our kids. Here's here's what I recommend. I usually recommend that if we have an eighth grader um, with a small school that's going to be potentially be paying varsity as a freshman, I always recommend that they play junior high to get ready for that next level because it's a step where, you know, there's no weight limit on alignment. And, and what we struggle with in the past is uh, some, some divisions, some leagues have the red stripe. So, for instance, um, we have some kids that will be skilled guys that may be 160 pounds, but they technically would have to play with a red stripe, um, and which would be a lineman. But for us, they may be our start wide receiver or start running back at 160. So it's just kind of working with and figure out what pieces and what the kid's potential is. If he's a smaller kid who needs extra year, needs confidence, then we sometimes will recommend them to play, you know, midgets. But it's just about really working, working working with the coaches and find the best fit and what the kid is comfortable doing. Because I always say I'd rather have the kid play somewhere than not play at all. 
in in season, how involved are you then with that seventh and eighth grade team? Seventh and eighth grade team, their their staff actually um they're with us pretty much. Like they practice separate, but they're in their meetings, they run the same offense, um, they run the same defense, they run the same schemes, and that they're really they're really identical to what we do. They kind of all the fundamentals, all the terminology, all the language. Um, they really run identical to what we do at the varsity level. Um, and that, that's really has helped us when they come in from the uh, teaching component. We have a really good, uh, we have a really good junior high coach, Doc Jones. He coaches uh, varsity, varsity baseball also. Um, and our head athletic trainer also helps with that seven and eight grade team. Um, they do a really good job making sure that the kids are prepared when we get them. And um, they're real good motivators and real good mentors. And they're solid, high football IQ guys that really, really do a great job of making our job easy next level. Are all your freshmen playing with the uh, whatever the high school team, like the junior, either junior varsity or varsity team? Yeah, well, we only have varsity, so they usually come up and you know they they'll play uh they'll play varsity. They'll get ready and get you know some reps in there. Um, some are a little slower, but but of recently we have a lot of freshmen that have been playing varsity uh as freshmen. You talked about tradition. Can you go into like a little more? I know, I know, Steel High, town of Steelton. There's a lot of tradition there, but how do you emphasize that? How, talk to me about that. Well, I think it's big that the kids have an understanding of the players, the players in the team, and those who played before them. Um, every Monday, our, our core value is roller pride. And so, what we do is we go into we go into the history of our school, whether it be wins, special players, special coaches. Um, we talk about the tradition of our star on our helmet. So, being able to expose our players and tell stories and pictures, and and we do a really good job um, of making sure that they understand those that have played before them and the dedication, commitment. Um, that that is a part of our core value. That has to be. We want our kids to leave their legacy and, and, and their standard on our program. So it's important that they're aware of the teams, the coaches, to the gist and um, how important it is for our town. Um, and, and I think we, we do that with, with pride. And, that, and that's just a testament to our coaches who continuously teach it um, and make sure that the kids and players are aware of it. Do you ever have like alums stop by and like talk to the team or anything like that? You don't any, any like alumni At- connection stuff? Absolutely. Um, we, we, we tried to get, um, especially before COVID, um, we would, we have, we'll have come talk before practice. Um, after practice, they'll come in and, you know, there's some messages we have, we have alumni on zooms. So I think that's important for those to hear from those guys on how important it is and what the game has meant to them, because I think it gives them, I think it gives them a real good perspective on how special it is. To, to to put on that helmet and put on that roller uniform. There's, there's really none like it. Coaching at Lower Dolphin, we have players whose dads they played they played Steel High. I uh, I got to know um one of the Ativos he's the assistant that coaches at uh coaches basketball at, at yes. Lower Dolphin and, and his brother's the head coach. All those people are they they talk about you know that they went to Steel High and, and they're from Steel and they and man they wear that on their chest and they that's that's something they've carried with them throughout their whole lives and they they become successful members of society and and even though they've moved out of town and moved on that's that's the one thing that I that's the impression I have 
of people that come from steel, and it doesn't it doesn't really leave them, and it's that toughness and tradition like you're talking about, and and, and the pride from being from that town that people carry with them and drives them, man. So that's a good thing that you're what you're doing there with the tradition. That's pretty cool. Absolutely. A, f- a funny story is uh, Rick Cativo was my freshman um, basketball coach, and Mike was uh, my coach on JV and varsity when we were on state championship teams. And I played with Scott, um, the the younger brother. Uh, those guys were, you know, diehard, you know, Stilton guys. The definition of toughness and hard work. And like I said, when you you know what Stilton guys get together, uh, it's all love, and, and those guys really. Those guys, those guys were really, really pushed our tradition or a special part of our tradition with the T-Bows, with their with their basketball and their love for the game. And those guys were, I can honestly say, those guys cared about us on and off the court. Um, they really preached that Stilton Pride thing, and they always played the game with uh, they always played the game with energy and uh, max effort. You also talked. You, you said that all your players are walk-ons. Can you kind of go into more detail about what you mean by that? Well, I look at it like this. Um, kids don't get paid. There's really no incentive. So when I treat our kids like walk-ons, we want to make sure that we are doing everything our kids to do to, to recruit them, to make them feel special. Why is it important? So they can walk right down the street. I always say that these kids don't have to be here, but what are we going to do to get them here? So when we get them here, they're special. They're different. These kids go through a whole day of school. They got to lift. They got to work out. So I always remind our coaches, these kids are walk-ons. They don't have to be here. So let's make them feel special. Let's tell them what's, what it's about. Let's tell them how it's important. Let's give them the benefits on and off the field, how this will help you grow as fathers and young men. So we have to sell more than just football because they don't have to be here. So when it's all said and done, I want our kids to know you guys are walk-on, but we're going to give you more than that. We're going to give you more than an opportunity because we want to make sure that you're well-rounded. So one of our models is for the room. I get a lot of questions. Hey, what's for the room mean? Um, it really comes down to this. You as a you as a student athlete doing what's best for the team in the classroom, which is your academics, your community, making good choices, volunteering, um, and doing what's best for the team with the guys in the room. So when it's all said and done, your commitment to the team has to be for those guys in the room because when 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 all the when all the lights and everything's going away and you go through a little bit of adversity, you and I both know those guys in the room are who you're going to need to be able to lean on, who you need to trust, and that's who your commitment has to be. So grades are important, good choices are important, and having your brothers back in that room is very very important. Um, and and that just sets our model to let us know that we need each other. I'm one of those people that was wondering about that for the room, and I didn't know if that was just like a thing you kept in house. I was kind of actually scared to 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 ask you about it, but because I, I didn't know if that was something that that you you talked about openly. But that's pretty good. That's a that's like a brotherhood kind of thing right there. That's good. Absolutely. I know it's no secret that you know Steelton is it's landlocked, so people aren't you know it's not going to be a wave of people moving into the school district that. The income, the medium income level there, is is not as high as a lot of other small towns in the area. Do you have do you have to get creative with fundraising just to buy coaches gear or you know like the, to buy special T shirts that you want to to have the kids wear when they're weightlifting or something like that? Um, absolutely, and and, and I have to give uh you know obviously we have a team mom Leanne Thorn Becky she does a really good job um 
making sure that we are doing whatever we need to do. Uh, we, our community really supplies us with water, Gatorade, making sure that the kids are fueled, we're making sure the kids are, are meals. So we have a lot of people that donate to our programs to make sure that we have the things that we need, like the, the, the drinks and the waters and the, and the snacks and the summer camps things. Um, so we have a lot of people and often we have some people that don't always need to, you know, want to be announced and, and, but we're very thankful for getting the things that we need. And I think our kids really appreciate that. But, but one of the biggest thing is too, that we have our, our kids do a lot of community service. Our kids do, um, a lot of things in the community, whatever's needed. Um, so I think that goes a long way because we, we like to be roller serving others. So we take the opportunity to make sure that we're giving back to the community. And when something's needed um, that that's feasible, most of the time, you know, our community will, will chip in and make sure the kids have what they need. Um, we have some parents that chip in. Um, obviously, our big goal in, in moving forward is going to be uh, giving our kids a stadium that they deserve. Um, our kids work extremely hard. So our, our new big project, for our, you know, that we would like to see for our community is a new stadium with a track um, and just something nice and a nice surface that's up to par so our kids can have something nice that they can enjoy that they call their own. I think our kids, our student athletes deserve to have a, a nice stadium and um, we're looking forward to that moving forward on this come uh, this coming year. It's, so are there, is there's, there's stuff going on in the works for a, for a new stadium? Yeah. Like, is that definitely going to happen? Yeah, we're 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 working on it now. Um, getting you know moving forward, we're we're working behind the scenes, and we'll release some you know information here. Okay, how people can help, but uh, that that's our goal. Uh, we've been really, we've been really working on that. You know, necessarily behind the scenes to get that ball rolling. Awesome. So that's good stuff, Coach. Yeah. Talk to me about your experience at the Glenn Mill School. First of all, I don't know if like, a lot of people don't really know what that is. But can you just talk? Glen Mills, yeah, Glen Mills was a school for juveniles, so you had to be court committed juveniles. Um, but the population from was all across the country, um, all over the country. You had students, you had kids from all across the country, from um, from California, from East Coast to West Coast. So what it really gave me a, a perspective of uh, coming out of college. Um, I had that job. That was my first job out of college. Um, what it gave me was a perspective um, on how to deal with different cultures and deal with different students at risk youth. So it, it really gave me it really gave me a perspective on how can I now when I go back when I'm in a regular school in my own community, how can I help kids to prevent that to them to get to that stage? Um, it, it, it was a you know a lot of peer to peer feedback and it's really based off feedback from other students so students hold other other students accountable obviously adults oversee it but um it was a program who's no longer they no longer operate now i mean obviously that that's clear but it did give me some really good experience in the workforce being able to you know work with at-risk youth and juveniles and you know just some structure and some discipline on uh how to handle some unique situations and it really gave you uh it, it really gave you enlightenment and understanding on why it's important to give kids second opportunities and second chances. Um, a lot of times we like to, you know, once a kid gets in some trouble, we kind of write them off. But that was the second chance and gave a lot of kids opportunities to get their act together. And um, a lot of kids were successful with their second chance and with their opportunities where they could get a trade, they could get their education, 
Um, so I still stay in contact with some of those kids that I you know, was their counselor at the time. But it was a really good experience for me being a young staff member coming out of high school to get my feet wet with um, some really good staff members there at the time when I was there. I can remember going to a basketball game uh, up at Mort's Hall in Pottsville. It was Williamsport against Glenn, Glenn Mills. And they would uh, the, 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 there was kind of like an upper deck. If you've ever been to Mort's Hall, it's got like this upper deck with like bleacher seating. And I can remember they kind of like all, like the Glenn Mills students kind of filed in, kind of like in single file lines and filled in those bleachers. And and they were very well behaved, and I'm sure they appreciated the opportunity to go to that basketball game to watch their team play. That was pretty Absolutely. Cool. Yeah, they always they always created a nice atmosphere at their athletic games. That was always a big thing when kids could, because you had to work, you had to, you had to have good behavior to attend those. So when kids got the opportunity to go cheer, it was always a big, exciting thing for us. Moving on here, Coach. I we talked very briefly. We touched on this, and and I know your sons are 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 high caliber football players, and and I don't necessarily want to talk about them as players, but I want to know can you can you give me some insight? Because I have young sons. My sons aren't old. They they don't even play any sports yet, and and I'm not sure how it's going to shake down if I would ever have to be their coach. So talk to me, what, what's it like to coach your sons? Well, I, I would say it's definitely a good time and it's definitely a blessing. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to, to coach them very, very early. Um, and, and one, one thing that I, one thing that I can tell you is, 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 is it goes fast. <laughs> so enjoy it and don't take the fun out of it. And here's what you'll start to understand. You'll you'll start to understand um a lot about your kids and what their what what drives them, what 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 makes them go the other way. But the biggest thing what coaches need to understand is the the they watch everything you do as a coach. So when you tell them to relax and calm down, but then you're so competitive and you're so fiery, they watch that. So when they start acting like that. And you gotta understand, man. He's acting like he. he sometimes I look and I say, "Well, they learned that from me." <laughs> so it, it's a, it's a really, really, really fun time and a really, really fun process. And um, I always say enjoy it because um, you, you know they'll they'll don't take the fun out of it. Um, but it's very, very unique. Um, when it comes to it, and I always thought it was a little funny because it's with twins when they have you know they look alike. They looked alike when they were younger. But they had different personalities. So there were there, one with one with certain things you how you could coach one hard and you had to you couldn't one didn't like to be if you raised the voice. So it was kind of just getting a feel for them like no other kid, which which works best for them. But it is unique and it is fun. And one thing, you know, we try to do as the years go over, um, let the house be the house. Let sports be sports, because um, the last thing you want to do is I didn't want to be one of those dads were coming home and we're uncomfortable and and we're talking about sports the whole time and i always said if you want to do something extra we can do something extra but that'll be your choice um so now it's to the point where they, they know what they want to do and they know they know what their dream is so they'll, they'll they'll grind necessarily on their own because i always tell them dominant players don't need reminders so that that's your choice on what you want to be i'm one of those dads where I always say I, I'm confident with my career. I don't need you to do anything for me. So you do what you do what you need to do. What's going to make you happy? Um, but just keep it fun. And, and and I try to separate the two um, from from each other. And I think that's important 
not to drag sports into your house and, and let them they'll live they'll learn they'll go through adversity and those are things that they learn on their own and go through on their own because uh life can hit you hard at times so uh, i think it's you know important that they go through that but as far as me as a father i'm very very proud of them um of their progress and you know the most important thing is i always say this if you're going to hold them accountable in the field you better hold them accountable in the classroom and in the community and how they act so i'm fortunate enough to have uh two really two really good kid boys who work hard on and off the field so uh that's the biggest thing making sure they do what they need to do in the classroom there's so many times when i come home from a practice or not, maybe not necessarily a game but a practice where you know i'm just I'm just livid. I can't get a, something that a player did or something that a player's not getting. Like maybe they're, they're we expect them to, to be doing a certain, whatever, executing a play or, or doing yeah. a, a fundamental and, and they don't get it by the end of practice. And it just, it just irks me the whole way home. It'll ruin my night, but I couldn't imagine having to live with that player. So but yeah. you're, doing, you're living it coach. You're doing it. You're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and here's the thing. It, what I notice, um, sometimes, at least for mine, sometimes they can be harder on themselves. So giving space and giving them the time to self-correct. Um, so once they get to that point where they can self-correct, they know whether it's effort. They know, um, they know whether it's a fundamental. They know, like you know, that they can recognize what they need to work on. Now, as, as they're younger, you can guide them a little bit more. I always told them, listen, you can play the game but you at least owe me 45 minutes of some type of activity. Not because not because you need to be good at a sport, it's because it's healthy for you. So you need to do something, you know, outdoors, whether you run around. I don't care if you go to the playground. That was one of the things we did try to do. And they ended up playing baseball and flag, and, and they had a really good group of friends and a really good group of teammates that they played with, they kind of traveled with, that are still their teammates today. So it was kind of one of those things where, it, it's really a it's really a good time, and I always tell parents, enjoy it because before you know it, they'll be sixteen years old. <laughs> so enjoy it. What's uh what what do you got Steel High doing right now? You guys you guys doing some sort of weightlifting program right now, and, and are you trying to get outside at all and doing anything on the field? Yeah, we're in the off season, right? Well, we're we're lifting, we're doing our we're lifting right now. Um, we have kids playing track, we have kids running track, we have kids playing baseball, so. We'll get together. Um, we'll meet some Zooms and do some installs. We do our leadership stuff no matter what. So right now for off seasons, getting stronger, faster, making our corrections, working on our craft, but making sure this is our time to really push our culture and really push our core values and really push our vision um, to make sure that we all have an understanding to go over to go over our corrections from the previous year. That's one thing. Um, that's one thing I think we improved as a as a staff and as a program is going back and being able to take reflections from our players and see how we can make the program better and see what their evaluation of us as coaches. And, and I always say, really, we don't give kids a voice a lot. So once you give kids that voice, they'll tell you what they think about your program. They'll tell you whether they feel like they're a part of something. So we always try to look at that, take that feedback, and see how we can vamp it to make our program better. And also um, letting your assistants give you some feedback. I think that's important. Um, I think that's important for your assistant coach, coaches be able to give, hey, coach, some feedback. Hey, maybe we can work on this. We can 
handle this. Maybe you can try this and just, you know, a lot of people put their guard up and, um, you know, I'll bring coach English up on that. He, he's, I call him King feedback. Um, he'll, he'll definitely, uh, you know, just talking in the co- with the coaches in the off season, seeing how you can prove, maybe saying, you know, I always want to have a coach that can kind of say, Hey, why are you doing this? And why are you doing that? So you can kind of discuss and, and debate and go back. And I think, um, you know, talking to my assistants, they help me grow because if they want something and this is their opinion of a scheme or a philosophy of a play, I just want to know why. Just tell me why. What you're thinking? What you're thinking of it? How can we grow and how can we learn from each other? But I always think it's important, you know, to, to put your guard down as a coach and, and figure out, hey, maybe it's something with decision making. Maybe uh, maybe it's something with discipline. So how can we improve? How can we get better? And how can we do it as a staff? And I think that lets you and your staff grow together. You said something about leader. You're doing leadership stuff, and you're having leadership meetings. What do you do, what do you do for that? All right. So what we do is we'll meet as a team. So we we so we'll go to the auditorium. We'll go over um our core value today. For for example, our core value on Monday is roller pride and effort. We talk about roller pride is our tradition, which I talked about. We talked about. Then we'll go into who controls effort. Our motto is you control your own effort. Nobody controls that. Like that's one thing we control is our effort as individuals. And that's controlled by, you know, me, we tell them. Um, Tuesday, our core value is dominate. We are, our our motto for that is dominant players don't need reminders, consistent reminders to work hard, to be on time, to, 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 to take over a game. There's no reminders. If you're a dominant player, we don't, we don't we no longer I don't like the word compete because you can kind of compete. You can kind of stay average. But dominant players don't need reminders to 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 take things to the next level. Um, Wednesday is laser focus. So Wednesday, we really talked about. Making sure our kids understood what focus means. A lot of times you hear focus, focus. But what does that really mean? So we kind of tell our kids your brain needs to be where your feet are at. So if it's in the classroom. It needs to be in the classroom. If it's practice, being able to focus on what matters at that time, but also giving them a plan on how to focus, what that looks like, where you, what you need to be thinking about. So we kind of break it down into settings um, to make sure that our kids are focusing on what matters at that point. So during that school day, we want your focus on math, science, whatever it needs to be. If we're in a team meeting, we're focusing on if we're focusing on our, our, our opponent, we want your focus to be on that. So it's just teaching those kids how to focus, but making sure that we're constantly driving at home. Thursday is uh, for the room. And, you know, I discussed that. That's about playing for each other, doing what we need to for each other in the classroom, you know, on the field, in the community. And Friday is do your 111th. Uh, do your 111th is simply we have 11 players. Every one, Every person has a responsibility that they need to take care of. So we kind of relate that to, again, we have 11 people on the field. We all have a job and a responsibility. What is yours? So that we kind of take that back to, okay, your responsibility, your 111 for the classroom is making sure that you're eligible. Your 111 for the community is making sure that you're making good choices, hanging with the right crowd. Um, and the last part of that is earn your star. So we kind of say earn your star goes back to the star in your helmet. Um, you have to earn that roller tradition. You have to earn that star to put that helmet on. It's something special. And um, Sunday we use for uh, Sunday's faith. So Sunday's uh, Sunday's our faith core value. You know, we take life lessons um, 
from the kids who, you know, Sunday optional and, you know, in public schools. But uh, that's our faith day where, you know, we have kids the option to go to Sunday school. We have a pastor on staff. Um, so that, that's been really good for us understanding, you know, we're trying to tell our kids we have a blessing. We have a great opportunity. Um, and we're thankful for that. So is that consistent throughout the year where, where Monday? Yes. Okay. That's all. I thought that, yeah. that's a great idea, coach. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's different than what I've heard. That's really good. Yeah. And the kids and, and, and that that's involvement from the kids. We kind of think what, how do our kids want to, we always say, how do they want to be identified? What's important to you in our program? So those are buzzwords that we take from our program and also things that we felt like we needed to improve on with our laser focus and being able to focus and handle adversity and those things of that sort. Well, coach, I'm going to wrap things up there, but that was good stuff. That, that leadership, what you're talking about doing that every day, um, consistently Mondays mean this Tuesdays mean this. That's, that's something that, that can be, it's very transferable to different programs. That's all. Absolutely. Well, coach, thanks for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll extend the invitation just like I do to everyone else. Love to have you come back on some other time. We can talk about a different topic or whatever. But I wish you luck here in the off season and, and rolling forward in the fall. Hope you guys do well. Thank you very much. I appreciate coming on tonight. Talk to you later, Coach. All right, thanks. <laughs>